Welcome to episode 220 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Good morning. How's it going? Good. How is your weekend going, Kyle? Pretty good. I did a whole lot of nothing yesterday. Uh, That's fun sometimes. Sometimes you just need that. I passed out at like two in the afternoon and took a three hour nap. It was great. What? (laughs) We're very different people. If I have free time in my day, I invent something to fill it. (laughs) I'm like actively trying not to do things. Like, let me just stay here. Let me watch a TV show. I'll start it and be like, all right, no, sleep. Okay, let's go take a nap. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but the weekend has been good. It's been a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. there you go. Well, what about you? Yesterday, I went to go see 3,000 Years of Longing, which is the new movie mm. by George Miller, director of everything from Mad Max to Bay Pig in the City. <laughs> That'll do, pig. That'll do. And this movie stars uh, Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. And while we've been watching Fringe, I look at the observers and I think just once I would really love to see a lady observer. And then I was watching this yesterday and I'm like, Melissa, you dummy. Tilda Swinton is a lady observer. You've already seen this. You've seen Doctor Strange. It's just that. Basically. So here's a weird, before we get into actually talking about season five of Courage, here's a weird, like, movie revelation, I I guess not revelation, but just like tidbit that I was told and found out that had no idea about that I probably (laughs) would have paid attention to a certain movie Uh a little bit more had I known this thing. So there's a movie I think came out last weekend. Or this weekend, I'm not sure, called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, Yes. And I saw a preview for for it not too long ago. I forget which movie I went to go see that had the preview. Uh, I I could care less about the movie. Or I couldn't care less about the movie. Uh, It had like Pete Davidson. Is that that his name? I'm not sure. That is his name. The guy who did the New Year's thing. I don't like him. I, I, I don't like the whole package of him. Uh, but it, it looked just like your typical like teen horror movie. Uh-huh. I found out Lee Pace is in that movie. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, what? I, I like Lee now Pace. you have our interest. Lee, <laughs> you should have led with that. Like <laughs> that's what now I'm there. The movie. I don't know anything about this movie. The trailer played in front of Nope, but we were running a little late. So we got in theater just in time to see the text, bodies, bodies, bodies across the screen. So I have no idea what's in it. I just know that the text is in neon letters, which honestly, that's also enough for me. So to have neon letters and Lee Pace is like, I don't need to ask more questions. Thank you. It's apparently teen horror where they have a party at some old guy's mansion. I think Lee Pace is the old guy. Um, he's not that old oh my god right uh but he's like not there for the weekend so they have a party or something uh and then one by one they all start dying 
uh, and stuff like that. So I don't know, something, something like that. But anyways, <laughs> let's talk about season five of Fringe. Fifth and final. Yeah. Man, so it's... we've been covering this show for the past couple months. Uh, here we are at the end of the show. This is one that as, as if, first of all, if you want to go back and hear us discuss all those other seasons, uh, they are available here on our YouTube page as well as in podcast form. So please go ch check them out. Um, but yeah, this is as I've been as we've been talking about the show, show, show here, my opinion of Fringe in general is that it start it started out really strong maybe kind of nosedived or wavered in the middle but then by the end like i've consistently said like i like how the show ends like i yeah I, I think it's actually pretty good um and getting to watch this season again i have to agree with my previous assessment that yes i think the show actually ends up really good if you stick with mm -hmm. it um so i was Happy to see that uh, I still in, enjoyed it. Uh, but Melissa, this was yeah. your first time watching yes. the end of this season. So I want to know what you thought. I, I agree. It is a very emotionally and thematically satisfying finale. Uh, did, I cried. I laughed. I felt a lot of feelings. This final season, I, we're in this dystopian future the whole time. And Fringe is a show that I think some of its some of the audience's problems with it is that it changes what it is about. It changes its format. It starts as this uh, very X Files like case of the week, and as it goes on, it picks up more and more mythology. And it's not like X Files where there were separate. Here are the mythology episodes, and here's the case of the week episodes, and we never get rid of the case of the week episodes. Fringe mm -hmm. fully tipped into it's just mythology now. And this is the first season where I did miss that procedural element. There, uh, like, there's no, they're not FBI agents anymore. Like, Olivia's character feels a bit different with that piece of her identity removed. They're mm -hmm. not investigating any cases. Uh, and I didn't realize how much I missed that until it truly was 0% there anymore, <laughs> which I don't dislike. I really do right. appreciate that this is a show that molds and adapts and like charts its own course and really does not follow a standard television playbook. I really admire that. Uh, and I think it's just the strength of some of those early procedural episodes that, that did make me miss them <laughs> when the show later turns into something else. Yeah, because I, I, I think early on in the show, it is a way for you to explore the characters more yeah. when they're out on some assignment or something, just kind of investigating something that isn't really affecting the plot overall. Right. They're just hanging out, kind of. Um, whereas in this fifth and final season, it's also a shorter number. It, it, it's a shorter season. Yeah. So they kind of cut away all of that extra fluff and mm. they're 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 kind of operating on the assumption that like, all right, if you're here in season five watching this. You're probably one of the diehard fans of the show. <laughs> uh, you probably know who these characters are. We don't need to like 
explain them or, or, or stuff like that. But let's just go for, like you said, like the thematic payoffs, the mm-hmm. character payoffs. Like, let's just let, let's wrap up this show in a way that longtime fans will be satisfied. Um, and yeah, it it works. Yeah, I think it does. I, I I do. I was a little bummed out getting stuck in sad gray dystopia for 13 straight episodes. Understandable. I just, yes. don't, I just don't like a dystopia. I kind of missed the, well, the lab is still there, but I missed like Broyles called. Broyles has a case for us. Let's put on our trench coats and go out in the field. I missed it a little bit, but yeah, like a, this final season, I think, is very satisfying on everything else that I look to this show for. Some of the best performance moments of the show, really good surprises. And for a show that constantly changes itself and adapts to what it needs in ways that you don't expect, uh, the show also knows exactly what you want sometimes. There were things that I was hoping it would come back to in these final episodes, and it didn't hit all of them. But the ones it did hit, it was like a love letter to me oh gene the cow is back look at him right? this was my number one request it's like i gotta see that cow again and the show's like don't worry we know you want to see the cow again <laughs> exactly yeah it's it's interesting because i like some of the stuff that i feel like the middle seasons were kind of waffling on was like wh- wh- what does this show want to be Mm-hmm. Right. It like it it is as as you said constantly changing, constantly adapting for what the show needs. And I think it's it, it's one of those things that in the earlier seasons in those middle seasons they did try to go towards that more prestige television like okay, let's all do mostly mythology and they threw in a couple of those like case of the week things in there. But in those instances it felt awkward. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, we clearly see that you're trying to do something else. So these case of the week things just feel like filler. And it just like, it did. It, it doesn't fit. Um, but then, yeah, when it goes full into the like, okay, let's not do the procedural. Mm. It's just this like premiere storytelling narrative. Uh, they also, like I said, they trim the season down so they can, like, it It can be inappropriate length and not feel too long, which I appreciated. Because, yeah, it is in this kind of dystopian future, uh, which we'll like, get more into that once we get into spoilers of, like, how they got there and stuff. Because that can mm-hmm. also maybe be a little confusing for people. Um, but, it, yeah, they they dive fully into that and i think on on one hand yeah I, I do miss the procedural stuff but because they went just full cannonballed right in uh yeah i i, I think it did make a big sp- splash and it, it it worked um mm-hmm. i, I think i think it's it's a series finale that is satisfying for the characters and their their yes. journey I think it is uh, it's it's not necessarily satisfying on a like, well, what was going on here? Like, what what was that happening? <laughs> in, here? There are still some I, some mysteries out there that just, I think it's clean enough. Yeah. yeah. And like, this is a show that's really uh, 
I don't have a lot of plot questions about it. Like I can hand wave away like plot things that don't super connect for me because the heart of the show is so strong and so consistent. And I'm never confused about how the characters feel. And that really is the important thing here. It is reflective of the lost finale where there sure there were plenty of people who were very upset about how it didn't answer all the questions. But if you're there for just the character journeys, it goes, it excels at like finishing off those character journeys. It is so strong with that. And that is the rewarding thing for us. That's what made us, you know, chalk it up as a win in our columns. Like, I, I learned where all the characters wound up. The character journeys were emotional. That's all I need. I don't care about the polar bears. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which they answered the thing about the polar they did. bears. If you were paying attention, people. It's all on. there. You got to look closer. <laughs> you've lost another try if you've not rewatched Lost. Or if you've only heard like people complaining about Lost and you've never really watched it all the way through yourself. Please do right. it. Right. Um. Cool. Yeah, I I I I say Fringe is worth checking out. It is yes, a show that it is it makes some some bold decisions. If if you have not seen this show, I think it still holds up too for the most part. Yeah. Every now and then there might be some CGI that is maybe <laughs> questionable, but for the most part, <laughs> it, will, this is. I will great. say. The putting this final season in a dystopian future does mean we are free of all the Sprint phone product placement. (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) Where it's supposed to be the super futuristic, like pseudoscience show, and they bring out what was the cutting edge Sprint phone at that time in like 2011, which I'm sure was a pretty good phone for the time. But looking back, it seems like so their, corny. Their, their Nextel device <laughs> with the, the two way radio thing right. on it, <laughs> right next to the holographic Star Wars projector that they <laughs> had in this season, right? Yeah. Um, good God. Uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I highly recommend mm-hmm. the show. Go yes. check it out. Uh, yeah, it is stuff. thoroughly fun. I do want to communicate that. Uh, it's got humor to it. When the show takes preposterous swings, it's for me at least. It's not like an eye rolling jump the shark moment. It is fun. <laughs> I am right. cackling at every bizarre <laughs> thing that they do. Good stuff. Uh, well, I think that is about it for our mm. spoiler free, uh, thoughts on the show. Um, so let's take a quick break for housekeeping. And when we get back, we will dive into spoilers and the like. We will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots. And we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash thewhatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. 
You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for supporting us. It means a lot. Uh, we appreciate it. Cool things that we have been up to here at the Whatnots. Uh, if you are a video game fan, uh, Gamescom is happening right now. So we are looking at all of the new trailers and announcements and all of that stuff. Uh, this past week, we got to talk about opening night live. Uh, which is the kickoff event for Gamescom uh, and Dead Island 2, which was announced. Uh, the first trailer of which came out eight years ago and then just wow. kind of disappeared. And then they were like, ah, it's back. Here it is. We finished it. <laughs> so good stuff over there uh, on the captain's log. Melissa, you and I switched podcasts for a week. Uh, yep. I gave you some to listen to and you gave me some to listen to. And then we uh, came back on the show to discuss them and our experiences listening to one another's podcasts. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it was a blast. Uh, and then She-Hulk. We have our reactions yes. to She-Hulk up on our YouTube channel, as well as the Reactor Core uh, so go check that out. We will be continuing our reactions to that week in and week out. Uh, but yeah, I think that is about it for housekeeping right now. So without further ado, let's get into <gasps> spoilers. So yeah, dystopian future is yeah. what we're in here. <laughs> this was an interesting turn. I, I kind of forgot that they did this. And they, they mm -hmm. stuck with the, and like the way they get there is odd and, and strange because like this entire show, we start with universe with, with the blue credits, right? The main universe. Then you have an alternate universe that we find like by the end of season one into season two, um, the red credits, right? And then <laughs> we get parallel timelines within the main universe so we have like timeline yes. a and timeline b in the in universe one <laughs> that makes sense. yes so, that's exactly uh, it universe one prime blue credits universe two prime red credits then they reboot the timeline and we're still in universe one and then we have amber credits and right. I, I bring this up because this is something i talked about last week is I kind of hoped we would get back to the original prime blue credits universe. And we never did. We've got we the, we have the dystopian credits throughout the entire season, which, which are initially very funny. I like them, but it's like, I don't know. I, 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 I do like where the show ends with the time reset. I think I was just hoping for like a little bit of a larger time reset. Yeah. I still hadn't recovered from the loss of timeline blue. And we do get a reset for timeline Amber though. Yeah. So yeah, like we have these these two parallel timelines, yes. and sometimes it seems unclear exactly like which timeline mm -hmm. they're in per se, because it's it's not the original timeline. So you are in timeline 
B of universe <laughs> one, but you're in yeah. the future. Like there, there is this future. Um, so it's just, it's really weird to, to kind of follow on that. Like that's the one we ended up in for the final season. Uh, yeah. That is maybe one of the more disappointing things, I think, of just mm, like, I kind of, mm. I, I just want to be in that original series. Yeah. But yes. like you said, it does do enough of a restart that these versions of the characters we're following, right? Like we we are satisfied with where they end up. Um, because at the end of season four, we're told... The observers are coming. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is what season five is. It's a time jump. The observers are here. It's about twenty years in the future-ish, mm. is, is what they they said. Well, there was also a small time jump between the end of season four and like the start of season five, or like the 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 the, the like opening scene of uh Peter and Olivia like out on mm. that picnic yeah. in the park, uh, stuff like that with their daughter. And that's when we see the observers first invade. And then there's a 20 year time jump. Um, yes. So we're kind of like 25, 26 years in the future ish. <laughs> yeah. Season four ends with um, we go, we have this flash forward episode. It's not time travel. It's not even like a days of future past time travel like we got in the season three finale. It's just a flash forward narratively that shows us this future 25 years from now where the fringe team is like dead or frozen in amber. And it's Peter and Olivia's uh, adult daughter, Henrietta, fighting to save the world from the observer takeover. Uh, but the actual like within our own timeline finale moment is Olivia telling Peter she's pregnant and and everybody hugs, and then we have these flash flashback flash forwards. This is a show we need to chart. We should have each gotten a whiteboard uh, and colored <laughs> markers to draw this out. But yeah, then we do see this the t this timeline where Henrietta's like three or four and her parents are playing with her in the park. And that's supposedly the day the observers fully attacked and they got separated from her on that day. And that it like broke them apart. Like Peter kept trying to find Henrietta. And right. at some point, Olivia didn't necessarily give up, but was like, I have to focus my energy on trying to stop the observers. I have to be a soldier. I have to be a protector. I, I have to put my personal right. family to the side to like do something to, for all of humanity. And so they sort of uh, separated. And in this season, it's them coming back together, meeting their adult daughter and trying, and they keep flashing back to that final day, that final day that they all had together as a family in the park. And that's what they are trying to get back to. Yeah. And that's in like 2015. So, <laughs> so we don't see anything between Peter, I'm pregnant, and we're here in the park with our preschooler. We don't know what happened. We don't know anything <laughs> about them getting married. Exactly. I wish yeah. we did. Um, but yeah, that was that was at, at times like I would kind of hear them say something or something. I'm like, what timeline are we in? Um, <laughs> like, I don't understand because like they're by the like end of this final season they bring back in a character from like season one or two i forget what just the the the, the younger observer yeah 
Yeah, and season one. There is a mention of like, oh, like he knows us from another timeline. And so yeah. I was like, wait, so this is not the original. T- All right. Yeah, I guess I knew that. Right. Uh, OK, yes. right. Like, OK, it's, it's so still, this is it's not super complicated to keep in mind. But I like for some reason, I just I feel like I'm always following like the prime versions of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. You forget this isn't like it's the same Peter. And it's a different timeline, Olivia, but with the original timeline, Olivia's memories. I forgot that Walter didn't remember everything. And it's not until he meets the Observer Boy who can see all timelines that it unlocks the memories of that prime timeline. It's a really beautiful moment when he looks at Peter and he says, until I met that boy, I didn't think I could love you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sweet. Like even as convoluted as the show can become with the different universes and timelines, there is an emotional payoff to all of this plot business that it is doing. It like makes the most out of how do all of these changes and all these variations affect these characters and their relationships with each mm. other. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh so we've established what timeline we're, we're in here. <laughs> timeline B universe one in the future. Uh, So that's where we are. That's where we spend this dystopian future. Uh, And yeah, like you said, they do a time reset. That that is kind of Mm. the goal of uh, this season is to reset time in a way by they, they are trying to send that young observer into the future to show them that like, hey, there is this middle ground between us, between observers and mm-hmm. their their past, because the observers are yeah. humans, too. But they're so far advanced that they've yes. kind of gotten rid of uh, all emotions and they have technology to make them like think smarter and faster and all that stuff uh but this this young child is kind of like the middle ground the high Mm -hmm. grid that like hey you can still see all of time how you see all of time but these emotions are important like you need to be able to empathize and to to do all of that, that that stuff to build a better future um, and by doing that, if they send him in into the future, they won't send the original Observer team back to the past to yeah. study, like, what are these human things that we used to be? What are they? <laughs> um, yeah, like, they, like it, they'll just never come back to the past and will start to forge ahead in a new direction. Uh, and by the end of it, that's what happens, at least as mm-hmm. far as we know, and at least as far as the show cared yeah. to tell us. Um, mm-hmm. But man, the final scene in this <laughs> great <laughs> ending to this show. I love it. It's such a great callback to things from like the White Tulip episode is in season two, and it's a, a really beautiful episode where the white tulip is the symbol for which it's something we've revisited throughout the series we see it a couple more times it's in the 1985 episode uh walter is scared to tell peter hey i stole you from another dimension and he sees a white tulip blooming in winter and he sees it the seemingly impossible thing and he believes it to be like 
a sign from God, a sign of miracles, a sign of renewal, a, a symbol of hope that I can keep this relationship with my son. He, he won't leave me. He won't be taken away from me again. Uh, yeah. And so in this final scene where I got to say, I really love that the show doesn't kill Walter. It just sends Walter 150 years into the future. Yep. <laughs> what a great sci-fi twist on the what otherwise would have been a death scene in another show. He's sent to the future to take care of that observer boy. So he still gets to be, he gets to live on as the scientist, as this parent, as his caretaker, as this inspirational figure. Walter is still Walter out there. And he sends this piece of mail back to Peter in the past and Peter opens the envelope and Walter's return address is written is written in that like weird observer language it's like a normal address but it's at like squiggle 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 street and he opens it up and it is the drawing of the white tulip and like that's yes. the final shot is like the real close zoom up on Peter's face as he realizes what that means that's how it ends and I do think that is beautiful it's so heartfelt and hopeful and it leaves the door open for something maybe we never see i don't know if fringe was popular enough that this is going to be something that gets a reboot or a return or anything in the next handful of years but just so you can imagine what those characters went on to do and these are characters you know so well that you can easily imagine what they went on to do i do think that is a great way to end the series yeah it was beautiful um, there's a line in there. I think, I think it's in the finale. Uh, I don't remember. My memory is awful at certain times. I don't remember who was saying it to who and what they said exactly, but they had this line that was, uh, basically like, it's about protecting your family, hope and something else. But it, it was a great summary of the show, yeah. of, of yes. the, the themes of the sh show, that it, it, mm -hmm. yeah, it really is about protecting your loved ones, reconnecting with family. It's about hope. Um, yeah, just just, just I, I think it, this this final season really, really did a great job to yeah. put these characters in places that we are satisfied we are happy with their journey we're invested and we have this emotional payoff that is mm. like peter and olivia finally have peace right yeah. they don't need to go and explore all these weird things they have a kid they're with they're they're happy they they they're married uh mm. even though walter's not there with them uh we know that he is living it up in the future uh, I'm oh, sure yeah. he is just ecstatic about all the new technology and new candy that they have or don't oh have that he can introduce <laughs> them to, right? New He's candy, like, new we, drugs. Like, here's how we make cotton candy, right? And just g g g getting all of these like weird observer looking pe oh. people to eat red vines. <laughs> oh my God. I love when he tries to give the little boy, Michael tries to give him a red vine and he was disappointed when he won't take it. <laughs> One of the most emotional parts for me in this final season a scene i legit cried at mm -hmm. is when walter is to tell peter that he knows i have to be the one to take this boy into the future i'm going to have to leave you son you're gonna miss all this time with me i 
I, I'm going to miss you so much, but like, I have to do this. I know in my bones, this is my destiny. This is how I set things right. This is what I can do so that you can continue to have a future with your child. And right. Walter, who's been set up as a character with so many uh, creature comforts and little things he's into. He loves candy. He loves drugs. He loves weird science experiments. He loves music. He's always playing his records. He's got all these little hobbies and things he's into. And he tells Peter, you are my favorite thing, Peter. My very favorite thing. I thought that was such a sweet line and yeah. such a great summation for everything that that character is. It's like, he loves Peter way more than he loves Red Vines. <laughs> And jazz records and LSD. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like you have to. Think I mean, of about course it, like, he does, but just the just having it framed that way, I really appreciate yeah. it. Well, it's it, it's that, but like that is also the start of the show. How everything yeah. got started is because yeah, his Peter died, and he tried to get him back, and that's how everything started. Um, and. Yeah, here, here he ha- like they they've kind of gone back and forth in the show of like, OK, Walter, like you, you need to start being a little more independent. You need to let Peter go a little bit if he wants to make his own decision and go off to who knows what, like you need to let him like all that stuff. And here Walter is, I think, making the most difficult decision yes. that he could have made to be like, it's not I need to let you go. It's that I you, like you kind of need to let me go. Oh. Um, and, and and yeah, it's 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 just like, oh, my heartstrings. I, right? They, uh. they do so... I really like how all the character journeys end up, but they do so much with Walter. They do so much with, like, every character dynamic that he has. In, like, one of the first episodes of the season, there's a really striking moment I really like when, as they're uncovering things from the lab, like, he really misses his music. Like, (laughs) they make a point of, like, really showing you Walter's connection to music, how that is one of his, the pillars of his life. That's one of the things that uh, metaphorically and almost literally keeps him sane. And he finds, like a CD and he has to go out into this like dilapidated car in the street. He wanders out in just like his boxers and his bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. And he puts this, he puts the CD into this like broken cab and it plays only you by Yazoo, which is a song I knew. And I was so excited to hear it in this context. <laughs> and he stares out the broken window of the cab to like one dandelion that's like blooming in the rubble. And it's this really sweet moment of, hope and like if i can have these things around me if i can still have music if i can see a flower we can do anything i really like that they made time for that and i think the other most emotional scene in this finale in this whole final season is when astrid takes walter to see gene the cow like she's uncovered gene the cow from the amber and she's like i didn't totally you know, melt her out of it. We don't want her to moo. We don't want her to the, like the observers Alert to hear her them, making yeah. noise. So she's frozen in there. Also, we don't have to film with a real cow. And she's like, I wanted to show you her. I know you always liked her. And he's like, Oh yes, I, I love my gene. And they, they just lean their heads against each other. And she's like, Walter, we're going to beat this next week. You and me and Jean, we're going to be here. We're going to have our strawberry milkshakes. And he says, you always know how to soothe me. You always have. 
Yeah. That's I, oh. I think maybe one of the other disappointing things about the season finale is I don't think we truly catch up with Astrid of like yes, where she I, is. Yeah, we don't know in this uh, 2015 future where we see Peter and Olivia and Henrietta playing in the park. On one hand, I really like that it is just like sunshine and green grass and emotions and it's really narrowed in on this one family on this one day but also i'm like what's astrid doing what's Broyles doing where's anybody else in the cast in this timeline what became of them yeah exactly exactly um yeah that is like i i I think i absolutely loved astrid as a character yeah throughout the show uh, she got some amazing moments uh, yeah. for just you know, for her character development. But yeah, unfortunately, at the end of the day, she is kind of the side character uh, that is just like the, the, the constantly recurring side character, <laughs> um, which sucks. But at, at, like at, I, she is absolutely a part of the t- t- in, integral yes. part of the yes. team there. Um, there's we just, another we just don't get to catch up with her. Yeah, there's another really great moment where she realizes something that nobody else has been able to crack in this final plan. And Walter like grabs her and kisses her on the forehead and says, my dear, you are a genius. No, happy. The show is like, yeah, we don't do anything without Astrid. Like if you right? took Astrid away from this, they would have died in season one. <laughs> they the show does. Ha- <laughs> the show does have affection for her but also she never is on the same level as the rest of the cast around her even as the show dwindles down to in this final season like we don't see a lot of nina we don't see a lot of broils like lincoln's not there charlie's gone <laughs> like it's just the immediate like bishop dunham family and then also astrid and they wish they would have like elevated her up a little bit more given her a little bit more to do but I, I still I like everything that they do use her for. I just wish there would have been more. They're, during so many scenes, they will just cut to her face and her Jessica Nicole is like her face is so clear, representing all these emotions. Mm-hmm. Everything's written right on there. And it's so I love that we do get these moments. Like when Peter turns himself into an observer, which we have to talk about. There's we'll just a there, shot yeah. of Astrid and she just looks so shaken repeatedly like there's just they will be in the middle of some dramatic scene and you cut to astrid and like all you need to know is the look on astrid's face and you can read it so clearly and you almost don't need to check in with dialogue like you know what you just look at her and you know how she's feeling but also it's like we keep cutting her to her and she looks so sad can anybody like put a hand on her shoulder and be like hey astrid how are you doing do you she need anything astrid right she needs a hug uh, so, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so let's start diving in a little bit more to the observers uh, yeah. as well as Peter observer uh, here. So something that I don't think I put together until this final season is that the original observers that came back, there was 12 mm. of them, which I don't think we knew that exact number, um, but they were all named after a different month. Um, like yes. I, I knew September yeah right like we've heard that name but i don't think we had necessarily heard the other names of the observers well i think we did there's that one who takes um who begins to care for that girl who's like destined to die 
And that one episode, like his name's August. I think we do have like a November or December. The the early half of the year, I don't I think just, we hear from. They're not specifically named. I don't think it was a detail that really stuck with me. That mm. was just like, oh, they're all named after like months, months of the year. Interesting. Okay. Um, but 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 then, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if that is like code names or stuff because like it was it was a team of 12 so that they just happened yeah. to be like hey your name happens to be january and that guy over there happens to be february let's keep this maybe. rolling right um, who knows yeah i don't know maybe these were code names and at one point before he was september his his name is probably a bunch of squiggles right name squiggle mick squiggleson squiggly john squiggly doe <laughs> squiggly john squiggly doe um yeah but so like i i i didn't uh like that didn't stick with me but then like one of the main observers that the show i think in season three and four gave yeah. us was winmark um yes and, and 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 just how he's maybe a little more in charge or a little bit more like okay it's no longer time for scientific observation it is like we are enacting our plan to take over and we have destroyed our world. Uh, we need a have a, a we we need a place to live. So let's just go back in the past and do it again. <laughs> um, so th- like th- that was interesting to kind of see their plan uh, that it did not go into space travel of yeah of, of like because that is a weird. <laughs> It seems like the for all of the like infinite wisdom that the observers have that they can see multiple timelines and all this stuff, it really feels like their plan is well, that's a problem for future me, and so <laughs> I don't have to deal with that right now. It, it's like we destroyed the planet, so let's go back in time, and then we will continue living until like it it will change the course of that planet, sure, but like. It, will, will there will they meet up with what was the observers back then? Like, is there any kind of time loop here going on? Like, what is happening exactly? Um, it it just it really feels like. It, look, there's probably gonna be some issue, some confrontation, some something. That's a problem for another day. <laughs> um, but but yeah, they they did not get into like space travel. Like, hey, we need to go find a new planet to live mm. on. It was all like, let's just stick here. Like, let's just st- right. stay here. We're all about um, Earth. And I, I do think at the beginning, you really have no clue what the observers are. And I do think it's an interesting twist that they are humans. They're just humans mm-hmm. from centuries in the future who yeah. have evolved and sort of designed themselves to be like these um, uh, all-knowing, no-feeling beings. <laughs> all logic, no emotion. Right. Yeah, yeah. and I did... And I don't think you knew that like they've got it like a thing in the back of their neck that makes them an observer. So when like it's technology, th- yeah. Yeah. So when their backs are against the wall and Peter's like, I don't feel like we have any more options. We have to beat these guys. We have to do this for Etta. Uh, he takes the thing out of their neck and implants it in himself, which yep. is one of my favorite turns in this series. Like throughout the series, we've had so many 
alternate versions of characters and alternate timelines. And there's never been an alternate Peter because there's only one Peter. The other Peter died when he was eight. So we've, Joshua Jackson has, except for like in the Brown Betty episode, he's always really been playing the same Peter just at different times. And I loved that he gets to have this opportunity to play this wholly different Peter. And it's fascinating. Like one of his strengths has been, he can display these like really tiny, like micro emotions on his face. Just like one little like quirk of the lip or one little like squint can tell you so much about what Peter is feeling. So to look at him and to have Peter's face be entirely still is so unnerving. <laughs> he really set himself up for this great performance. And I love the slow turn to where he's picking up observer characteristics like the head tilt like the stillness of the face but he still is peter like there's a slow descent into all the peter stuff being lost (laughs) i i really dug that so much and i love the cross cutting between him turning into an observer and walter fearing that he is turning into bad walter yes (laughs) so we've got these two fathers who have broken reality apart to try and save their children and as much as peter like one of the tenets of the show is that phrase that peter's mom told him be a better man than your father and he is trying so hard and he has fallen into perhaps a worse trap right yeah let me uh stick this unknown technology in my head to the point where his hair is falling out like he is physically <laughs> changing too it's yes. not just that he's he's now smarter and you know he's coughing up blood or something no like his hair is full-on falling out like i'm becoming bald like an observer yeah um and yeah he is trying to like play this chess giggy game with them which is an an interesting thing to think think about too because it like if your intellect is now on the same level as theirs isn't it almost a moot point (laughs) right like i think it's just like playing chess with someone like uh, at the park as a normal person right (laughs) like i guess but like it's it's strange that he is like making all of these manipulations and calculations if i place a a coffee cup here at this exact angle at this certain time like yeah that stuff is so cool um but yeah it 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 is just strange that that is it's it's interesting to me that that's also working against the observers like it's not Mm -hmm. something that they can immediately tell or calculate themselves like that was like yeah oh like they like huh interesting they don't know that someone obviously placed that coffee cup right there at that specific like moment to make it so that it falls when this guy walks by like and it feels like they should be able to pick up on that uh but they don't um i mean eventually they kind of do when when they like but but it's it's after some other revelations that's like okay okay this shouldn't be happening let's take a closer look here and it's like okay there's all these little manipulations and stuff it must be pete zerver or whatever his name is (laughs) we we, we have walternet we have folivia 
yeah. what is Peter's observer n- n- name? Is it <laughs> Pete Server? <laughs> Pete Pete Server. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a fantastic show. Like you said, it's great that he finally got to play this yeah. like wildly different character. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, good stuff. I want to shout out. Oh, another character who got to do something really great is Nina. Nina's a character who's been around since episode one, and I like her okay, but I, I, I never felt like we really got that great of a sense of her. Like, I don't feel like I know what Nina does when she's not on screen. I don't know what Nina does when she goes home. I don't know her private life. Like, she never felt quite as richly illustrated as the other characters and maybe i'll watch the show again in the future and i'll be like i really get nina now who knows but i love the final scene they give her where she's in this confrontation with confrontation with the observers and they like tilt their head at her like they do at everything and she's like do you know why you do that it's a lizard trait it's something lizards do that was a fascinating scene yeah right after like they've accused the humans of being animals for like taking observers and doing ex- experiments on them. And she's like, you were humans. And to make yourself smarter, you removed everything that made you human. You're the animal now. Like it is, yeah. I, it's kind of sad that my favorite Nina scene is her last scene, but I'm glad that they gave her, it's like such a powerful ending. I, I yeah. appreciate that a lot. Yeah. It, it's it like it, you said Peter also starts picking up these traits too with the head tilt. Mm. It is almost this like instinctual thing, which yeah, Yeah. like she is right. It is more animal in that sense. Um, But yeah, like they are tilting their head a certain way to let sound in more or it, it right like i forget exactly what she mm. says there but it's to, to let the like vibrations yeah. hit a certain way so that they can pick up more of it it's just like just super small detail but it's fascinating mm-hmm. just like huh interesting did 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 they experiment at one point with like is there some kind of animal tr- traits that we can splice into our mm. dna or program in this technology that we know is more effective or who who, who knows what um but uh, yeah that, that that was a fantastic scene I, I liked that one a lot yeah i i really liked the the return of broils that we get i love that reunion scene he has with olivia that's so sweet she loves <laughs> like him you forget yeah, you forget how closely bonded those two characters are. Right. This wonderful reunion. Um just like, I oh, like seeing him again. Philip. I <sighs> Yes, I know. I love I love whenever like people in an investigative like procedural hierarchy just fall into calling each other by their first names. Like when they've become yeah. that close that it is <laughs> Philip and Olivia and not Agent Broyles and Agent Dunham. I love that every time. I I love getting to see Markham, the bookseller, one more time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good stuff with that. Good yeah, stuff with and that. Yeah, uh, 
And right when I was wondering, are we ever going to get to see full Livia or Lincoln again? They get to come back into this too. Like we don't get to everything that was on my list. I would have liked an allusion to like Charlie or, or Rachel and Ella or any of these other supporting characters who have fallen by the wayside over the years. But Henry I like the, the taxi cab. Oh, like Jedi Henry the right? baby. Like, like <laughs> any of these things that we have had and lost over the years, just as the show, like, drops timelines and merges universes and things like that but i god every time you were like henry the baby would have been in college he he would have been like 20 i realized so september is able to tell peter about henry but after the timeline was like like after peter was erased (laughs) from the timeline Folivia doesn't remember that. I don't know if she has ever been in a position to learn that she had a son once. That's so sad. Wild. Wild. But yeah. now she's married to Lincoln and they've got a, a son. Uh, I'm happy to see them. They're still together. I really loved seeing the like the one Lincoln who's still himself, but has taken on a lot of the traits of the other Lincoln who died. <laughs> That's yep. really subtle work. I like it a lot. I the show didn't give me everything I was hoping I could get a callback for, but I love that it did have a list of. We know these are the callbacks you really need. You're gonna see Lincoln and Olivia again. Here's Gene the Cow. Yep. <laughs> we're gonna play some of the hits. Don't worry. And the in the scene in the finale when they take all of like the records of the old fringe, all the evidence of all the old fringe cases out of the lab, and they're attacking the observers with them. And there's this awesome scene of just Peter and Olivia walking down this hallway in these gas masks to protect them as they walk past all of these observers who are dying by like their faces closing up a parasite crawls out of their chest real sharp butterflies cut that one fringe events on them fantastic great stuff excellent and I love when Walter brings out those osmium bullets where like if you shoot somebody they float and he's like, Peter, shoot these at the observers. And it's like, Peter's like, so cool. <laughs> what? Peter's like, wait, if I'm already shooting them like they're dead, why do they also need to float away? And Walter just says, because it's cool. <laughs> it's, it's, right, but it's, it's, it's like, it's his re- re- reaction afterwards when he yes. is just ecstatic uh, at the side. Yes, he just yells so at the top happy. of his lungs. He's like, Peter, I told you. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> he, like, he's Let, just a little kid. He's so just like, oh, it's science. Oh, my God. This is great. Oh, he always <laughs> has been. I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that like, that, I, 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 I think we finally get, like, the ultimate version of Walter here yeah. by the end of the show. Because not only does he is he as smart as he should be he's all put together right because he has those missing pieces of his brain but now he also has the memories of the other timeline yeah so he has this like childlike nature um that i think was completely missing from walter right so we get the like super sharp super smart just having fun Walter, oh. uh, which uh, he is able to like by the end, as we've discussed, make these tough decisions 
but again, like we said, we know he's just being like, and these are red vines. I made them myself. <laughs> and like, <laughs> he's just so happy, I, so excited. You know, he's having a blast. I need to talk about the episode where he's on acid. I need to talk about black blotter. Can, this can, is ever. Before we go into that, I, I just want to make one more comment about the observers. Yes. I loved yes. getting to see uh, September uh, when he's like no longer observer. Yes! Like he has hair. I, he must have taken out the, the technology. Yeah, the, it to... happened to him as punishment. Like he yeah. was like his punishment for like sympathizing with these humans was not that he was killed or anything. They're like, we are going to de-observer you. You still live, but you are banished from our kind. You're a right. human now. And he's like, jokes on you. I like it better this way. That's what I've been trying to do all along. <laughs> he's, um, this was shocking to me. I, I could not take my eyes off of him. He looks so different. He's so handsome as just a human man. I was so surprised. Yeah, it's really interesting. But that is that really reminded me of watching um like Star Wars Rebels, the cartoon mm. and stuff when you see some of these older clone troopers that are now no longer in the army oh. and it's just like what do they do? Like they were literally made in a lab to be oh, a soldier yeah. and now they're no like it's just it, what do they do? And so, yeah, they do all these things where, like, they grow a beard. They get into, like, I, like I'm a farmer now or I have this hobby and I yeah. collect records and, and stuff. It's just like, wow, you like you're you're actually like expressing this individuality besides just your name. Um, and that it, it's just, again, one of these like little smaller details. I loved it, though. Uh, so I, that is the. Last yeah, thing I had to say. On no, thank you for bringing observers. that up. I really liked getting to visit him again. I like that we find out that Michael is his son. I'm not exactly clear on how, but I like that we do have this repeating pattern of these these fathers and children, uh, and every sacrifice that you go through, every like world breaking thing you go to, like not just personal sacrifice, but like. I may be screwing up time and space trying to protect my child. It it seems like Michael, the, the young observer, might have been like a lab grown. Yes. Yes. Observer. Right. It's not yes, like yeah. it's like, hey, September, who's the lucky lady over there? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now you're human. September, <laughs> you, you dirty dog. <laughs> It's, it's, I wish if only <laughs> it's it's not I, I I think yeah he's somehow in the, the the time that we have not gotten to see him lab guru this child and then send him mm. back in the past somehow what, some way well what I was confused about was that like the observers at large make these kids using like biological like donor material. And I'm like, how'd they get it from him? Did he like, well, did he like sub 
can you just go like it's a sperm bank like hey can i give you some of my sperm and you give me like 50 bucks or whatever i don't know how much sperm costs but you know did he like volunteer to do this did they take it from him i don't know how like if he has been ostracized from the observers he got to be the father of an observer kid i don't know how that works might have even been that like before they decommissioned Maybe. him they like yeah put the the stuff in motion to get his dna to keep the lineage alive or whatever what have you uh and then he just broke in and stole that one i don't know yeah I, this is my boy who knows and yeah. i love and i love that as he's become more human he's like when i first met him i did not have feelings for him because i didn't have feelings and now i do and now he's my boy and i yeah. want to hold his hand and walk him into the future walter i have to do be the one to do that you stay with your son and i'll stay with mine and then he gets shot or something in the final battle i think i blinked and i missed him getting injured but suddenly he can't do it and walter has to leave <laughs> he's to go and walk into the light of the future the final interaction he has is that like the there's there's no dialogue it's all music and you see peter mouth i love you dad yeah yeah great stuff. such a great send-off right but um black blotter this is the episode yes. that i wish last season's drug episode was or the one from season three, the animated one. I was this much epi- more like A-OK yes! with this. Yes! Like, th- th- this is fantastic. This is how you mix that stuff. Whereas yeah. I, I feel like I've expressed that, like, maybe in certain things. It was like, OK, they wanted to do an animated series. And uh, OK, just like this maybe didn't hit exactly like they right. wanted to. So, Like when we talked about that episode, we're like, it's neat that you did want to animate it, but like this should be weirder. You should go farther with this. And mm-hmm. this episode was weird in a lot of really great subtle ways. Like Walter is like watching a tape of his team talking and then they tap him on the shoulder and he turns around and that's happening in real life around him. His right. mind was like turning what he was seeing into one of these Betamax tapes they're watching. He sees this like absinthe Tinkerbell flying around and she's green. And then they walk <laughs> past a tableau of like him crossing over the threshold to the other universe. And there's another one of those fairies on the other side, but she's red at the end, he sees these memories of him and his wife, Elizabeth, and all their conflict and all their talks about Peter literally projected over the lab in this like physical effect where they just took a projector and projected it over the set. And that's what Walter is sitting there watching. Yeah, it's really beautiful, inventive stuff. I like this so much better. And I love when we go inside his head and it's a Monty Python <laughs> Yes, that it is. It, it, it is exactly how I would dis- describe it. It is this Monty Python esque, right down to the big foot. <laughs> yeah, so funny. And it's this like illustrated <laughs> John Noble, but then he meets a knight, and the knight flips up its helmet, and underneath is a photo of John Noble. He's riding around this landscape on a little cow. It's so oh. fun. I. They, I was really happy we got one more trip episode, and it was as strong as it was. They had everything yeah. that we wished that the previous trip episodes had. There's also a really funny moment where he gets into a cab, 
and he hands the cab driver like some it was great he hands the cab driver some like very large bill like a hundred dollars or something and the cab driver says sir i don't think i can make change for this and walter just says try change yeah try Right. Um, but what what is great about that scene is like as he's waiting for for the cab driver to go get change from a convenience store or who knows what. Um, yeah, he's just sitting there looking in his notebook, reminiscing oh, on yeah, all of yeah. the 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 like machines that he's supposed to build to beat the observers, and he's tripping balls the entire time, yes. just having a great time to the point where so- someone then like knocks on the way like a, a butler t- type character oh my god that's right knocks yes on the window and is like uh excuse me sir would you like to re-up on your lsd and he's just like <laughs> i don't mind if i do and he, t- he takes more I lsd while oh he's my waiting god. for the, the the guy to to get back but then there's this really really cool moment where the, like he like looks back down in his book and looks up and he's just in a completely different car, yes, completely yeah. different location. The transition between all of that was yes. chef's kiss. It was great. Exactly. Like, he just lost time. Like he has no idea what's happening. Oh. That I thought was fantastic. And this whole so. time he's being haunted by this lab assistant who died all these years ago. Like yeah. that actress is back just like following him around in this LSD dreamscape, <laughs> talking to him. A lot of really good choices in that episode. A, some really great trippy footage this season. I love the episode where he goes into that alternate universe where ev- all, like all the physics are wrong. And, like, it's this M.C. Escher building, and, like, that's where, like, he hid, like, him and and September, like, hid Michael once. It's, I think this is what predicted the back rooms. This is so back rooms. This one, like, haunted, broken apartment building he goes into. This just has, like, stairs missing, and, like, the, the... you flip upside down and like floors are like looped and plastered over each other. And then, then the doors, like uh, you walk down the hallway, of this apartment building, instead of having numbers on the doors, it's all the, the glyphs. It's all the ciphers. So they're here in the show, but we still really, I love those ciphers. Like how they're like in the show and outside of the show. We don't really know exactly what they mean or where they come from. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I I think like we've been saying it's a fantastic like wrap up to what this show has been. It's a great send off. Um, I I was absolutely satisfied. I, yes, I, I it's it's strange to think because it's also it's a leap like it's it's an it's an end to the show that I don't think we knew we were getting we knew we wanted like all that stuff but it 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 leaves you so satisfied like i i, I think yeah. to me personally for how much i liked season one i would have liked to go back there more yeah right like that like it, it this is why i'm not a writer i i would have gone back to that back to the zft back to and oh, somehow yeah. wrap up all of that stuff um, which they kind of did, but in a much less satisfying way, right? Um, there were in at the end of it was 
season four was it like midway in season four was the end of season three where like they they find william bell and he's about to make this alternate universe oh that's the end of uh, season four yeah just like that like looking back on that now is just like what (laughs) yeah i don't know there that was weird um this if somebody asked me, hey, can you explain ZFT? I'd say, oh, no, I can't. But if you want me to chart like Peter's crush on Olivia, that I can do. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> like, like, no matter I, what you want out of the show, you can come at it from that yes. angle and you can get it. Yeah. But it, like, I, like, I I feel like I would have gone back to those early fringe events, back to the pattern, which I know the pattern was yeah, technically yeah. solved. Uh, but like, there are just things in that that I would have wanted to go back to, um, that they started to do in season four. It's like, okay, let's bring back what's his name. He'll, he'll be back here. There, there's a new pattern, right? Uh, all that. They started to do all of that. But then, yeah, from them just being like, actually, you know what? We're going to stick with timeline B, but we're also going to jump in the future. Like, that's not something you mm-hmm. really expect of like this is where we'll focus to end the show uh yeah. and again it's a bold swing and it pays off i think so yes yes yeah i so yeah there's I, I missed finally i got to the place where you were where you had kind of been missing the procedural element like once i was stuck in dystopian future then i was like oh i missed them just going to like a weird yeah. car crash in Pennsylvania or something. But it's all like they do this dystopian future premiere te- television show that is not a procedural so well. Like they do. Yeah. Like if, if, if this was just a sci-fi television show that was not a procedural from the start, this is exactly the kind of stuff that I yeah. would have yes. wanted from that show. Uh, I I love this idea of like finding all of these tapes like hidden in the amber like I to to go that. back to that like Dharma initiative kind of initiation yes, exactly. tape, tape just like that is a trope in sci-fi that I love these like oh. old VHS tapes that mm-hmm. uncover s- some like hidden detail about what's going on or are some initiation tape that is just uh, I love it it's so cool. Um, but yeah, like at, it, it is exactly what I want from that kind of show. So at the end of the day, I have to say like this final season, they knocked it out of the park. Like I, 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 think I thought so. this was fan- fantastic. Yeah, I loved where all the characters ended up. I am happy. In like last episode, I was talking about how I know this is a show that's going to have a happy ending and it is there's tragedy there but also like mm-hmm. i said walter didn't die he's just living a, a different life in the future peter and olivia and their daughter are together i guess astrid and Broyles and nina are fine we, we don't see them but we can presume they are okay yeah. <laughs> like it does end in a very warm-hearted very hopeful place it gave us these callbacks we got a mention of sam weiss we got one last burst of psychic power from olivia which was also on my callback list like let her just go full cortexafan one more time please (sighs) yeah right um (sighs) good stuff 
I I do want to put this out there. Melissa, no. I think I mentioned this when we covered season one. I we I've not explored it, so I don't know much about these. Uh, but there are comics in the fringe universe ah. here. Uh, so I I just looked these up online. There are three series of fringe comics three volumes i i guess you guys can check out if you are interested um it says the the first and second series uh the, each one it looks like it's made by mostly different creative t- teams uh but they delve into the early history of the prime universe fringe team so if you want to know uh, uh like uh, some stuff about like before uh like walter got out of j- his like all the, all that stuff, i think that's what it's exploring it's huh. more of a prequel i think or it might be like other missions that just didn't make it in this show they go to explore this thing or that thing right um but uh the third v- volume um, I'm going to read this off of the like fandom.com wiki thing here uh, is entitled Beyond the Fringe. And it is a series of comics that was released in 2011. The series is divided into two parts. Um, part A ties directly into the television show's mythology. Uh, the first three chapters of part A focus on Mm. the time peter spent inside the machine it serves to it serves to bridge the season three finale with the season four premiere by explaining what happened to peter and what he witnessed experienced inside the machine in addition to this these chapters were written by joshua jackson um So he, oh, he got hooray! to write himself for in, him. yeah he got to write himself in comic book form, which is neat. Um, Some, the, sometimes you do hear about actors who will like write an episode, but I've never heard of an actor yeah. writing a comic book spinoff right, or, or, or like oh the, Joshua Jackson gets to make his directorial debut on season six of right. Movie, right? Um, I but then the B series in this third volume takes place in alternate universes within the Fringe multiverse, instead exploring what ifs. Uh, they do not what? relate to the two universes that are shown in the television show. Uh, there were 12 individual ch- chapters in in this third series there. So it sounds like there there is a small but good chunk of of fringe comics if you want to continue to explore i i say good good, but i i i I don't know actually what the quality of these are like how good they actually are but good as in like hey there's like 24 issues like a just oh boy yeah that's not small good chunk yeah Um, yeah I so, I'm happy go. those exist. I was watching oh, the show. Fiona Staples, interesting. Oh, ooh, fun! That's on the look second volume here. Interesting. Okay, that's the only like name that I recognize in ter- terms of creators. Fiona Staples does some incredible artwork. She is uh, she does the art on Saga. If you are a yeah. comic book fan, and you know that book, that book is stellar. Um, yeah. So yeah. 
Wow. I I would love to learn more. I hope the show would get some sort of a continuation, even if it isn't like, if it's a show, if it's a comic book, if it's an audio drama, whatever it is, if it's a, a point and click flash game. Jessica Nicole does have a history in audio right? drama. Uh, like she, she has some, want, some stuff that would be pretty cool, actually. I want just like an Astrid spinoff that's just like the Astrid Farnsworth investigations. <laughs> I want to see her like keep solving puzzles. Just keep being the mom friend of any team. with her dad. Again, right. Again. And then we get these mysterious transmissions and we learn it's from the alternate asteroid. Right. That oh, great. Right. I wish we would have checked in with her when we went over to visit Lincoln in Folivia. Like, yep. what's, what's what's other asteroid doing? Is she? Well, I hope so. I would also love a prequel that's just about young Walter and William Bell. I want to see oh, everything they got up to. That seems like such a, a rich time period to pull from everything that they went to. That would wow. be fun. This show, I, I love everything that it is. And I think it has so many doors that it could open to be more, to, to continue in various ways for us to get to know these characters even better, for us to see how things yeah. progress. Like, it, it does fringe division still exist in this reset timeline yes! they must this is what i was wondering getting away with them so does henrietta grow up again again to be in fringe division yeah. like could because, we follow her somehow yeah even if there's no like william bell or david robert jones or observers any like larger looming threat there are still the one-off mad scientists like mm -hmm. that guy who did the osmium experiments like that guy who like crossbred his son with a bunch of animals like right. those odd people are still out there you can still investigate those cases exactly exactly um yeah there's that like i i Cannot say enough good things about mm -hmm. this show and how much I enjoyed it. But yeah, it it makes sense why people aren't like the, the, the I think because of the bold swings, because of the uh, just it felt like they were one thing and then was this other thing and then yeah. multiple timelines and time. Tra it, I, it's understandable why people jumped off and was just like okay we're gonna you know go watch something yeah. else but i this is i just man for the for the, it if you stick it out great mm -hmm. stuff great stuff yes yes i i can definitely see this not being somebody's cup of tea or maybe one part of the show is but another part isn't but if I don't know if I've like this is very much an X Files, but also I've never seen anything that's quite like this show. How it's so strong on the monster of the week, sci-fi, like uh, <laughs> theoretical science things. Mm -hmm. It's good, really good at the character relationships, a good romance, a good father-son relationship. I love that Walter and Astrid's relationship is like the third most important relationship in the entire show. They have yeah. such a unique bond. It's the show's good at so many different things. I was really impressed, really grateful for the time we spent here. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I think that's kind of about it yeah. for fringe for all the stuff that I have to say on that. Um good stuff. Go watch good. it. Good. Go check yes, it out. Yes, please. 
Go check it out. Uh, let me open up Bingo here because it is time for us to check in on Movie Trope Bingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me bring this up over here on screen. There we go. Do we have any final things that we can do? Meeting yourself uh, thanks to time travel? No. I have breaking I the rules so. of time travel, and I don't. There is time travel in this well, season, but I don't think the rules are necessarily broken. Because there are, they deal with, yeah. they, there's not really any rules to, to break. I don't think we spend enough time with a, the time travel and what the repercussions are for us to cross this square off. Yeah. Um, but do you know, know what I think we could get is mysterious scar? This goes a bit beyond oh. scars. It's when they go to the town where the people are like developing oh, bark yeah. on their skin. They don't really explain what it is. It is mysterious. It, we know it's some it's, kind of infection. The longer they stay there, the more yeah, it manifests. Yeah. But it beyond that, they they just like I. We need to be here, get something, and then yes, yes, move on. Um, and they in a weird way were also observers in their own right. I, like they are recorders of history. I couldn't right. quite track that episode, but I did love that that little boy had heard legends of the fringe team and true fringe team fan comics. comics <laughs> that yeah. was funny. That Do you think great. we can get mysterious scar then? Uh, why not? Yeah. I'll say yes. Cause yeah, that is that, a, that, that I think counts. Oops. I don't want that. Let me see. That here. does give me a bingo. Uh, what is happening here? Don't do this. Don't do. Come on, guy. This is what I want. I have ten Highlight. bingos, Kyle. There we go. What? You are ten. Uh. But I've also got what? Like everything left that I have to get is in one row. I've got Where's one your really mysterious scar. Row. One. There we go. Yeah, you you have one row here that is just you that you put everything that. <laughs> is not in all of the stuff that we watched here i i have a few things spread out uh in different rows here i still have villain with a pet reaction of animal to judge trustworthiness uh character who connects to computers spaceship ai Hans zimmer score no time to eat breakfast the next james bond movie um Uh, and then meeting yourself thanks to time travel. Yeah. So good stuff. I will save mm-hmm. that and um, bring us back over here to the main screen so we can do recommendations. Yes. Recommendations. Uh, Melissa, if if you had to recommend uh, some things to people what what might they like if if they enjoyed this what else might they like oh i was struggling to think of new recommendations that i didn't already list when we talked about season one Mm -hmm. so i went through streaming services i was looking at different sci-fi movies and on netflix they group sci-fi and fantasy together and i came across a movie that i never would have thought of on my own but i think is such a solid companion piece to fringe which is the movie Big Fish, Tim Burton's Big Fish. 
This is a movie with some truly fantastical imagery, and it is a father-son story. It's about this dad who tells all these exaggerated, larger-than-life tales, and his son grows up so frustrated, like, Dad, why are you always lying? Why can't you be honest with me? Dad, I feel like I don't know you. None of that stuff really happened, Dad. And it's Mm -hmm. about him looking into his dad's past and learning about how many of these whether maybe they were exaggerated, but the core of that experience is true. And he learns what a, uh, a truly lovable and loving man his father was. And it really makes an impact on who he is in his own fatherhood. Yeah. Uh, so you can enjoy the very sweet time of Big Fish. There you go. And the series finale reminded me of an episode of Futurama. And I would recommend Futurama at large in comparison to this show. You've got like an old mad scientist. That's all you need, right? (laughs) It's among the two finest examples of the old mad scientist genre. (laughs) It's this and back to the future. But there's an episode um, in the later seasons after it was canceled on Fox and revived on Comedy Central. There's an episode called The Late Philip J. Fry where Fry is always late for dates with Leela. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to make this up to you. I'm not going to be late this time. I'm going to take you out to this fancy dinner for your birthday. But before he leaves, the professor's like, Fry, I need your help testing my time machine. My time machine only goes forwards. I don't know how to make it go backwards. We'll go forward one minute in time. You won't be late for your dinner with Leela. And then like the lever gets pushed too far and they wind up going like 10,000 years in the future and they have no option, but to keep oh, going man. so far in the future until they can find somebody who did build a backwards time machine. And so Leela thinks she got stood up by her date with Fry and she thinks he was at this other thing. And then he ended up dying and she spends years believing he was dead. Uh, and she leaves this message for him, not directly mm-hmm. to him, not believing he will see it just as a, as catharsis for her, just letting out her feelings about him and it lasts through millennia. And then he sees this message that she left for him in the future. And it's so sweet. It, it's one of the tearjerker episodes of Futurama, which there are many. Futurama nice. is a surprisingly very emotional show. It's like this and that it really excels at the character dynamics and their emotional relationships and at these really fascinating, like one-off sci-fi concepts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, check out Futurama for sure. Very fun. Cool. Uh, very Good heartfelt stuff. a lot of the time. That episode is one of my personal favorites. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I have a few recommendations if you're mm-hmm. all done there. Uh, so if I you am. want an- another kind of procedural, uh, here on the show, we covered Lucifer. Um, yeah. That I-, I think would be an interesting uh, kind of procedural case crime of the week that you can go check out that also has this weird spin on the whole thing right uh it is that yeah the devil lucifer becomes the like co-detective on the show and so they 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 do dive into more angels and demons and stuff like that it is very very loosely based off of the lucifer comics i believe written by mike carey which is very loosely a spinoff of the Sandman comics, which is the, the, <laughs> the new Netflix hit show that's out right now, the Sandman. Um, so, yeah, weird things with that. Um, 
but yeah, it is very strange in in that sense that it is a procedural with some kind of fantastical twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I would recommend. I know here on the show we only watched the first season. I went on to watch the, mm-hmm. the rest of that show. Uh, if you like procedurals like that and you want one that has a t- a twist, I believe that one g- grows into a very very good show where i think following some of those characters is really what that show is about and to to see their journey and you get to see these characters grow up and get in relationships (laughs) and out of them and do this and that and it's it's yeah it's fun in we didn't see it progress very far in season one but i did like that romance between lucifer and detective decker Mm -hmm. i I love a an investigative partnership turns romance story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I would recommend, uh, I've only read the first volume of this comic, so I haven't really gotten v- mm-hmm. very far. Uh, but this is called The Manhattan Projects. Uh, this is uh, written by Jonathan Hickman. who We've read some stuff of, of his here on the show, I believe. Um, and uh, this is so from the, the the image comics website, they say, what if the research and development department created to produce the first atomic bomb was a front for a series of other more unusual programs? <sighs> what if the union of a generation's brightest minds was not a signal for optimism? But foreboding, what if everything went wrong? Uh, and then according to Wikipedia, it says this is a story about an alternate history at the end of World War II in which the Manhattan Project was a front uh, for more esoteric science fiction ideas. Uh, this Harry's is monthly, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's a handful of volumes of this sh- of of this series you have characters like harry truman and lyndon b <gasps> johnson and and albert einstein and oppenheimer and all this fidel castro uh like all of that stuff um so if you want to dive into like weird science weird sci-fi but then in an alternate u.s history Manhattan projects could be uh, right along. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. That one there. Uh, But then, if you want to go the more horror route, there is a more recent series that is still uh, coming out monthly called "Department of Truth" by James Tinian the Fourth. That is kind of this like the, the alternate history, but is more about the the power of belief. And and the the more that people believe in something, the more true it becomes. Uh, and so, if more, for example, if more people believe that Bigfoot is real, he eventually will become real. There is a tipping point at which, like, well, shit, he exists because people believe in him so it's this weird kind of more conspiracy theory driven uh story that dips more into the horror of belief uh and Mm. and stuff like that so i like that yeah less mad science more mad conspiracy uh stuff which is 
interesting (laughs) there uh, that I would recommend. So, yeah, Yeah. there you go. Uh, One more shout out. Sometimes I make playlists for these ongoing monthly series. Really, I've just done it for... Venture Brothers, Mr. Robot, and Halt and Catch Fire. And I thought I like couldn't get enough songs together for Fringe. I tried. I made a playlist. I never got more than like 10 songs on there. Um, but there's so much good music used in this show. Uh, just, just look up a Fringe playlist on Spotify. I found one that I think was called like Walter Bishop's Fringe playlist. And it's all the music he plays in the lab, which oh, is nice. perfect for me. I love like I have my dad's music taste and a lot of that uh, overlaps with what my dad likes Uh, really good use of music on the show. I love the use of David Bowie's the man who sold the world this season Mm -hmm. when they first find those Betamax tapes and like quietly in the background, Walter was playing the moody blues song nights in white satin, but because it's on this like garbled like Betamax tape, like the audio is coming in all distorted. It's very eerie. Uh, look it up, listen to it. And it's great music to work to. Uh, cool. yeah, you, no matter what your job is, you feel like you're a mad scientist at your lab when you put on these songs. Right. There you go. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. I am ready to pitch what we are doing for our next couple months for our oh yeah special here melissa i've given you a sneak peek i've actually pitched this once before on the show uh but i i I think this would be a great addition uh not only to the show but it's perfectly in the end of the year here there's uh the the it's a comic there's six volumes so it would work perfectly for us to do like two volumes each month and that'll go Mm. through the end of the year because we don't do one of these end of the month specials in december it's Mm. holiday time um but what we are going to be covering the next three months here is a comic called kaiju max um like i said i pitched this before it is a prison story uh, but it is all about kaiju. It is all about what if uh, there is a pr- prison filled with kaiju, uh, and is, this is just a, a wild story. I have heard nothing but great things. Um, it is uh, written and drawn by Xander Cannon. Um, he 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 does the entire thing. I've wanted to check this book out since yeah. it first started coming out. Uh, and I heard a bit about it on Talking Comics, one of my favorite comic book podcasts, and have just been like, man, that's a book that I want to go check out. And since this year, I have been trying to get more kaiju content here on the show. We've already done the original Godzilla. We did dis- Destroy All Monsters. Uh, we've we've done Pacific Rim in the pa- in the past. Yeah. Uh, we've 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 done uh, like a more recent animated Godzilla uh, mm. thing on the show, too. Uh, but we haven't dived into comics uh, with yeah. Kaiju in them. So I think this would be a great way to do that. Like I said, there are six volumes of this. Uh, they are all on Comixology Unlimited. But there's a caveat to that. So. Uh, there's a couple different ways you can read this on Comixology mm. Unlimited. Um, there are the like single like like volume. Here's volume one, volume two, which I think they call them seasons. So season uh. one, season two. There's all that stuff. 
all the way through season six. However, season six, if I'm not mistaken, is only available in individual issues. It's not on there as like, here is season six. You can just get that single volume. You have to get the individual um, issues to that. Let me double check about season five as well. That that looks like it's it's on there. Um, Actually, that says season four. Why is that season four? I'm looking at book five. That's what I want. Come on, book five. Why is that going to book four? That's strange. Amazon has the wrong links up here. Um, Oh, so it it, season five might be a similar uh, thing where you have to do the individual issues. However, for volumes one through four, there are these like ultimate deluxe editions that collect volumes one and two uh in in there and then uh deluxe edition that collects volumes three and four those are also available on comiXology unlimited uh to read that way so that kind of works out perfect for us because we can just read that deluxe edition deluxe edition and then it's on there but kind of the wild west for volumes five and six there so and and who knows maybe that will be collected by the time we get to it in in a couple months yeah we can hope indeed uh so i'm super excited let me see if i can pull up uh so here's deluxe edition book one let me at least read uh this um description here it says welcome to kaiju max where the worst of the worst monsters are safely locked away from the human world electagogor is ripped away from his family and struggles to determine who to trust which gangs to avoid and when to take on the big man to show you aren't to be trifled with uh with tons of extras in this deluxe hardcover edition uh it collects uh, issues one through 12 of the blah, 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 blah. Two time Eisner Award winner Xander Cannon. It, here we go. Cool. Good stuff. I'm excited to check this. One yeah. Out. You, so. You've spoken of it very highly from what you've heard others say. <laughs> yeah, right. very <laughs> Everyone seems to love this book that I know yeah. has like read it. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been like, man, I need to go check that out. Uh, so let's do it. Kaiju Max. Yeah, we will do this at the end of September. And as is our tradition, instead of the last weekend in October, because we got to save that for Halloween stuff, oh, it'll yeah. be first weekend in November and then again last weekend in November. Correct. Correct, indeed. But next week you're on the show. Uh, yes. We are about to go into September. And in September, the first Two weeks we like to do, excuse me, uh, what we call shame timber. So I pitched a series of movies that are on my list of shame. The one that Melissa picked was the Godfather trilogy. I have never seen the Godfather trilogy. Uh, That's why it's on my list of shame. And yeah, it worked out perfect because we can we can both watch it for the first time. Uh, So that is what we will do for this next week. Uh, if you are following along at home, the Godfather trilogy, uh, that is that is what we will be covering. I'm excited to finally dive into it, because uh, like I've m- mentioned a few times here on the show, or at least on the, the, the Captain's Log, I recently watched 
the offer on Paramount Plus, which was fantastic. By the way, they're, they're, like to be honest, there's not really much of a reason to get Paramount Plus. There's not much on there besides Star well, Trek stuff. Uh, but Paramount Plus uh, has one or two things in there that's like, hey, at least watch this. And yeah. the offer is one of those. It was fantastic. Stars Miles Teller. And it is basically the telling of the making of the Godfather so I watched that and this will go perfectly into me actually watching The Godfather. So good stuff. Yeah, good stuff, I, good stuff. I look forward to it. It was, it was convenient that you pitched something off your how have I never seen this list that was also on mine. I'll be right. a bit lower. Yeah. So yeah. we get to both knock this off our list. Indeed. Uh, well, that is about it for this week. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. Uh, and as one last recommendation, check out the French podcast, Observing the Pattern. They do an episode-by-episode episode recap. Currently, they're like a little bit into the beginning of season four, and they're on hiatus while the, the host is is busy with college. But they are coming back. They're planning to finish it over the next uh, several months, year and a half, whatever. Uh, I, I really like it. It's really smart. It's been great supplementary material. And I, I wish it was there for the rest of our season four and five coverage. I wish I had their background knowledge. But I look forward to hearing it. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, if you guys would like to stay up to date with me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you guys would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. You guys know the deal with all of that stuff. Uh, so yeah, this has been number 220 of The Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.